Hi, trendsetters. Welcome to another episode of That Trendy Therapist. Today, I have an episode for you that you don't want to miss. This is a topic that we have not yet discussed on this platform, which is grief and loss. Um, This topic actually came to me by way of one of you amazing trendsetters that follows me reaching out to me and asking to come on the podcast and talk about this because it was something that she or Patricia, which you will come to know her um, during this podcast, as she um, lost her mother late last year. And Patricia has so much knowledge about the grieving process, about tips and tricks for it, strategies, things that don't work, things that a lot of things that do work. And um, a lot of the myths and damaging beliefs that we hold about grieving um, as a society, it's just she's a wealth of knowledge and she is so amazing. So I'm very excited to present to you guys um, this episode and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Emma. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I think it's such an important um, matter right now, especially with the virus. Oh, yes. So many lives that we lost in the past month. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So so we have Patricia here. We're talking about about grief and loss today. And, um, you know, Patricia, I want you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about um, about your story with grief. Yeah. So my name is Patricia DePicciotto. I'm 38 years old. I am Lebanese. I was born in Hong Kong and then I grew up in Geneva where I had all my school and college education. Wow, such a cool background, Patricia. (laughs) I didn't know any of that. Very international. Yes. Then I spent also like some years in London where I worked and studied as a gemologist. Then I spent 10 Mm -hmm. years in Sao Paulo where my mother remarried and she was living there. So I moved there. Met my husband, spent 10 years in Sao Paulo, got married, had three kids, had a short career in jewelry, and then moved to New York like five years and a half ago. Wow. And yeah. And one more time, I had to like reinvent myself and mm. went back to study. I studied art. I became a, a tour guide. I was giving uh, art tours, private art tours, art experiences in New York in galleries and museums. Wow. And a year ago, you're asking me about my experience with grief. A year ago, my mother got sicker. She was, she had been sick already for over a year and a half, but last June, she really got sicker. So ever since last summer, I really had to pause my job because I was going back and forth all the time between Sao Paulo and New York for Mm -hmm. treatments and for um, all the time she was hospitalized too. So Yes, ever since June, I've been on pause. I tried to go back to work in the fall, but then my mother got sicker. She was hospitalized for a longer time. And mm-hmm. then I kind of like m- not moved to Brazil back, but I, I stayed like for over a month while she was there for her last month in the hospital and mm-hmm. stayed until December. And when I came back after the Christmas holidays, I just thought, you know, I'm going to, stay a little bit longer in this post for my job I need time to grieve so my mother passed away in November 22nd 2019 Mm. and yeah it's been only six months it's very recent wow yeah wow 
Yeah. I mean, first of all, what a story. You're so impressive. Um, Thank you. And yeah. And um, I mean, that must have been such a difficult journey with your mom. I mean, what was your guys' relationship like? No, we were very, very, very close because my parents got divorced when I was a teenager, when I was 14, 15 years old. I have two older sisters, but they were married at the time. So it was just me and my mom for Mm. years. Wow. And then she moved to Brazil. I moved to London. And then after a few years, I went to Brazil to live with her. So for 10 years, we were like living in the same city, seeing each other every single day. We were very close. She was very close to my kids. And when my husband and I decided to move to New York five years ago, it was really hard. But we would see each other all the time. I would go to Brazil a lot. She would visit us in New York also very often we would meet in Geneva where the rest of my family is Mm -hmm. so we were very close and really the two years she was sick I think I spent like a quarter of my year in Brazil I I think for two years 2018-2019 I probably spent between I don't know 13 to 16 weeks in Brazil like going back and forth all the time to really be able to take care of her Wow. So Yeah. And the last weeks I was sleeping with her in the hospital. I was with her until really the last breath. So I don't regret at all to have paused my job to go and take care of her to be available. And also right. when I came back at the beginning of this year, I really think that I made the great decision also because I had the privilege to, you know, make this decision. But it was so important for me to be able to face my grief, face my pain, take the time and not just, you know, ignore what happened or ignore the trauma, ignore the pain and just go on with my life. And Mm. crazy enough, I mean, I came back beginning of, yeah, beginning of January. I stayed home for most of the time. I would only see like a few very close people. I would not socialize a lot. I wasn't working also. So I really had a clear agenda. I was, I was home most of the time. And two months later, COVID started and everyone was confined. Everyone was at home. Right. And, and the world was on pause and New York was How did on that pause. affect? How did that affect? Because um, that's such an interesting time to be grieving while, you know, yeah. we're in quarantine. So has that affected the grieving process? So I'm really going to speak... Uh, on my behalf, because I know people that have lost uh, relatives now during COVID and it's been extremely hard to be isolated because you cannot say goodbye. You cannot be with your family. You're alone. You have no friends, no support around you. It's super hard. But in my case, it's been extremely helpful because I had already gone through like, you know, the, the last weeks of my mom, then the first month I'm Jewish. So first week we see Shiva, then there are prayers at the end of the month. So I had been through mm-hmm. all the mourning process with friends, with relatives, with family. And when I came back to New York, I was lucky enough to have very close friends around me and I was able to choose who I wanted to see. And then I decided to stay home. And then I decided that I wanted to be on my own. I wanted to be do my work. I wanted to go more into introspection. So mm-hmm. when that time happened, I was actually happy to have my husband full time at home because he usually travels a lot and he works all day outside and he travels like once a month. So 
for me, it was extremely positive to have my husband and my three kids at home with me all the time. So I'm not going to say it's easy Mm -hmm. because I'm still far from my family. The rest of my family lives in Geneva. There is a travel ban. I haven't been able to see them since my mother's passing. I don't know when I'll be able to see them. And this is really not how I imagined my first year. I thought we would like, you know, celebrate some important anniversaries together and, 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 you know, be together, travel to Geneva, travel to New York. And I don't know when I'll be seeing them. So that's been hard. But being at home with like no social agenda, no professional agenda, no obligation of like seeing people, uh, having to attend some, you know, meetings or events, it's been, it's been very positive for me. It gave me so yeah. much time with myself. It gave me so much time to go within, to reflect, to read, to listen to my podcast, to do all my spiritual studies. Plus, I had my family, like my immediate family with me. And mm-hmm. I know not everyone has the chance to have like so many people around at home. But for me, it was really beneficial to have them with me all the time. Yeah. Wow. First of all, I want to go back and say what a story and um, it's just the whole way that you were there with your mother till the end. It's it's so powerful, and I'm so sorry for your loss. I mean, that's Thank you. can't imagine. Um, and so, yeah, I think you bring up a lot of good points, and one about allowing yourself to feel your feelings. And I think you know maybe you could speak a little bit more to that. But I feel like that's so powerful um, for people to know that it's okay to cry it out. It's okay to stay in bed. It's okay to be angry. And that that's all part of the process of grief, right? Exactly. And it's really, really, really important to, to face the grief. Like I didn't know Mm -hmm. anything about grief until three weeks before my mother's passing. That's when the doctor told us that there were nothing else they could do. And, and these were the last Mm -hmm. weeks. And this is when I realized, Oh my God, like I'm going to be a motherless daughter. I like right, and I had two friends in New York who had been through the same experience with their mom. Also, like they lost their mom to cancer, and we were in the same meditation group. So, the few months before my mother's passing, I had a lot of help from these people, a lot of support. We had this meditation group. It was really great to prepare myself, but I think nothing really prepare you until it happens. And, right, but. but but even before I started already like reading about grief and I read tons of books about grief and also about, I mean, mother loss, like really like losing a mom, because I think every grief is unique. It's not the same when you lose a child or a grandparent or a mother or a father. So I, I was very specific about what I was looking for, but overall at the end of the day, if you're grieving and even though all grief are really unique experience, you have to allow yourself to face your grief, to feel all the emotion, like really give yourself the permission to feel anything that's going through. It can be anger at the beginning. It can be extreme sadness. You can be totally at lost. You have to give yourself mm-hmm. the permission to feel really everything because I feel mm-hmm. like burying your feelings while you're burying someone you love, at some point it's going to come wow. back and haunt you and not in a good I way. I love how you said it like that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I mean, 
you know, I know how you said that you didn't know anything about grief um, before this. What, what did you learn about grief that, if anything, that surprised you through this process? You know what I've learned? Because I have two sisters, as I said earlier, is that everyone mm-hmm. grieves differently. This mm-hmm. is something that was really helpful for me to learn because I thought that we will like grieve the same and, and go through the same emotions at the same times and, and feel the same despair. And actually, no, we all grieve differently. And it took me like a couple mm-hmm. of months and a lot of reading and a lot of podcasts and a lot of, you know, <laughs> meditation and other kind of support to learn that each grief is unique and each right. person grieves differently. And you can have eight siblings in a family, like the eight people will grieve differently. And, you know, it doesn't matter how... Um, close you were to the person like it it's really it's unique to the person it it's very there's no right or wrong way exactly and there's no rule right and there's no length of time either like for sure that's for sure right and this is not something that people should uh, put pressure on themselves because society put already so much pressure so much pressure on grief like Mm -hmm. it's not a disease that you cure like okay this is a treatment stay a week at home and it's like the flu you'll come back better no you grieve literally all your life and you will live with it Mm -hmm. and you will live with the sadness and you will live with the pain and with all the memories and somehow you'll be able to go back to to a new normal but you'll grieve all your life and that helped me a lot to realize that it's normal. It's so normal to have those feelings after, after like a week, after a month, after three months. Now it's been six months for me. But what was the mm-hmm. most helpful? So as I said, I, I, I mean, as soon as I knew that my mother would, would pass soon, I started reading mm-hmm. books. I started listening to podcasts. I was looking. Are there any that you want to? that you want to share that could be helpful. So I have so many books. Like I, I would love to share a full list. I don't have all of them on top of my head, but I don't know if we can put them in the comments okay. after. I would love to share a list. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. And podcast, yeah. it was very helpful to listen to a podcast called Mi- Mindfulness Mindfulness and Grief. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they have different theme, you know, like about mother loss, sibling loss. It's all, all different, but you know, you have to go through their whole list and you'll definitely find something that resonates with your loss. And also Mm -hmm. online grief Mm -hmm. group. I never thought, I I was actually looking for a a real grief group. And during January and February, when I was back in New York, I just couldn't find a real grief group. So I had these like two friends and my meditation group that I would see. And that was very, very helpful. That was a great support. But now during... COVID during the confinement I found this online grief group on Facebook from David Kessler Ah. and that's been so helpful for me because you really share your experience with people going through exactly the same emotions and even though I'm saying and I've said Mm. earlier that each grief is unique you, you know that that person is going through the same maybe differently but same trauma same experience Yes. Right, and you can support one another, sure. and, and you're not in it alone. Then. And you don't feel judged, um, and you feel like you can be vulnerable, right. and you can say anything you want to say, and no one's going to judge you. Everybody's here to like welcome your grief and welcome your sadness. 
And it's extremely And they're all going through it together. Right. Um, and I think grief can be so isolating that I, I love the idea of support groups for grief because you're getting out of your own head and you're listening to other people share their stories. And it can just be such a healing process to come together and get out of that kind of confinement of your brain when you're when you're grieving and it is healing because what I remember what I realized is that by telling your story not only you're healing yourself but you're helping someone that you might not even know who's getting so much comfort from your story and from your words so it started like this I joined mm -hmm. that online group and you have you know to, to to put your first post and and share your story introduce yourself and all of a sudden I had all those women who had also lost their mother maybe like three, four, six months ago, a year ago, also from cancer, similar story. And, and it was such a relief to see that at the same time I was going through a similar experience that those people, and even though I don't know them, I just know their name from like, you know, the Facebook profile, it was helpful. Mm -hmm. And when my mom was still um, alive, but in the hospital in the last weeks, I knew I had to find like a community. I knew I needed like a support mm -hmm. because my family will be in Geneva. I'll be in New York. I do have friends, but not many of them have been through the same process. So I created this page on Instagram and it was called Motherless Daughter NYC. And I really wanted to create a community of motherless daughter in New York, but I never had the courage to mm -hmm. launch the, that page. And recently during mm -hmm. COVID, when I joined that online grief group, I just had the idea of like renaming that page and call it uh, Neshama Journey. So Neshama means soul in Hebrew. Mm. And I didn't want to limit my page to people who went through mother loss. It could be really any loss because grief is grief and you'll need help. And mm -hmm. your soul, mm -hmm. I mean, my soul and my mother's soul, they're still connected. And it is a journey. Like, her journey now mm. is in their afterlife and my journey is here, but I'm still very connected to her. So that name came to mm -hmm. me and I finally found the strength and the courage to launch that page. And even though it's been only two or three weeks, I feel like I already had amazing exchange with people, tons of support. That's amazing. Tons of, yeah, tons of DM. Mm -hmm. And I met you also. Instagram so that's yes I, and I'm so happy that you reached yes. out about yeah no I think it, that's such a great thing and I'm happy that you found the strength and courage to build that platform because again I think that just grief can really bring people together and sharing your story is just healing for both yourself and other people and you just have such great insights about all of this um and I want to go back to something you said too about like Grief doesn't, it's not just going to go away. It's kind of like you have to learn how to integrate it into your life. And it's going to, you know, might fade with intensity at different times and come in waves, but you will be able to live a life and a full life at that. But, but I like how you said that it's not that grief is just going to be, you know, erased from your life and that you have to sort of find a way to kind of live with exactly. that grief. So that's something I had mm -hmm. read um, in David Kessler's book that he said, you're going to grieve as long as you breathe. So as long yeah. as the other people is not here, is dead, and you're going to be here on this planet and breathing, you'll be grieving. But you'll be grieving with different wow. intensity. And as I said, I have a few friends who went through the same thing. One of my friends lost her mom 12 years ago. 
another friend lost her mom three years ago, another one two years ago. And I mean, it's all, you know, different time timeline. And even my friend who lost her mom 12, 12 years ago, it's still so fresh. And the wound is here. Mm-hmm. And it's maybe not as hurtful as it was 12, 12 years ago, but it's still so present. It's part of her. It's That's it. She had the mom. Right. And she has a mom for the rest of her life. And even if her mom passed away so many years ago, she's still with her. Mm-hmm. And I think it's healing to talk about, like, the people that you've lost. I mean, I've heard that talking about those people and, and sharing their memories can also just be, you know, really healing to the people that have lost it loved ones. It is so ones. healing um, to be yes. able to talk about it, to be able to, like, celebrate their birthday, to remember them. So my friend, she had her mom's birthday a few weeks ago. And even 12 years later, she still celebrates her mom's birthday. She eats the food that her mom used to do. And, you know, it's it's not going to go It's like keeping them alive. And you you have a mom. Even if your mom is not here, she's, Mm -hmm. I mean, you still have a mom. And Right. And you're still a daughter. I like how you say motherless daughter. Like that's still your role, even if, you know, she might not physically be here. And being able to share this memory with people around, it's such a gift. And And I think too, people get scared about like how to talk to people that have lost somebody. They don't know what the right thing to say is. I mean, I wanted to ask you about your advice on that, but also I think that people oftentimes get worried to bring up the name of a loved one that you've lost because they think it's actually going to make you sad when sometimes it's really somebody wants to hear you talk about them and wants to know that you're still thinking of that person. This is so, so true. And that's what's also one of the reasons I wanted to create this page. It's really about educating people on grief, the do's and don'ts to say or to do with someone who's grieving because Yes, you want people to ask you about your mom. You want them to check on you want them to check on you to to ask like how are you even after 6 months like are you okay? Like do you still think about your mom? And it is mm-hmm. so important. That's like so that's the good message. that's a good I want to mm-hmm. I really want to get out there. It's like please check on your friends that are bereaved. Check on your friends that have that have been going through grief and loss not only for the first week not only for the first month these people's gonna grieve for a very long time and i know mm. that you might think that oh i'm not gonna ask her because maybe i'm gonna open the wand the wand is here there's nothing you can do it's not gonna right. heal. it's gonna be here it's gonna maybe you know be less painful at some point but it's still here so mm-hmm. ask me Ask me how I feel. Right. And it's not like we're we're reminding you of something that you don't already know. Like you're saying, you're living with the grief. That's why I think some people get worried. Like, oh, if I mention this person that they've lost, they're going to get sad. But it's like, no, it's actually very powerful and healing because they're already grieving. It's not like you're reminding them of something exactly. that they and forgot about. And you'll never about. forget about it. Like you'll never forget about the person. Right. As I said, in, I mean, if mm-hmm. God willing, I'm living in 60 years, I'll still be remembering my mom because I'll still be someone's daughter and she'll still be my mom and I'll still celebrate all the anniversaries and all the birthday and and yes I'd love people to acknowledge that yeah and this is really about absolutely society about grief and I think the past decade society has been really aware of mental health 
which wasn't yes. the case maybe like 10, 12 years ago. And I think now, right. especially now where the whole world is grieving with all those losses, we need to be more outspoken about grief. And it Absolutely. really has no, to I... be addressed because something else that shocked me, but like really shocked me after I lost my mom is to learn that people mm -hmm. who go through loss, they only have a few days, like a bereavement leave. They only have a few days to go and bury a relative and then they have to go back to work. It's like, right. okay, you have three sick days, that's it. And then when you'll feel better and you have no more fever, you come back to work. But it's not the same with grief. And that happened with my mm -hmm. sisters. My, 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 one of my older sisters, she came to Brazil for a few days and then she had to go back to work because on Tuesday she was working and that were the days she was allowed to take out of, uh, of work to go bury her mother and this is painful and I read another book mm -hmm. and in that book the person had the same experience she maybe had four or five days as a bereavement leave to go and bury her mom wow and that's just not acceptable and people need no. to understand it's not just a formality you just don't go bury bury your emotion bury everything you feel with it all your memories all your life all the relation you had with that person and then go back to work. You don't go back to normal. You have mm -hmm. to readapt yourself to a new normal. And this is not going to happen in a few days. So society really right. needs to be educated about grief. And unfortunately, more and more now, we mm -hmm. might encounter people that have lost someone during COVID, like a family member right. or a friend. It's so, it's so prevalent for this exactly. time. To be we need to have more this. compassion yeah. for people that are grieving yes. and we need to be mindful that they need time and I think making space for it too like just even you having the platform I think you know the more that people because grief can be such a taboo topic to talk about and one that's just difficult to talk about and I think the more that we do the less of a stigma mm -hmm. around it that there is um, and so yeah I mean for me at least I think I would love to see even more platforms and more awareness about as you're saying, like all these things about what grief should look like and and what we need, need to do as a society. Exactly. Surrounding and just grief. please don't ignore it. Like if you know of one person who lost someone and maybe this person doesn't, is not that close to you, maybe it's just like a Facebook friend because you haven't seen him in 10 years, send a message, send an emoji, send sorry for your loss, say mm. something. I mean, I got hundreds yeah. and hundreds and hundreds of messages when my mother passed from her friends, wow. from my friends, people from school that I haven't seen like in over 20 years, but they said something nice. Or oh, I remember your mom coming to school. Say something, say anything you want, but please don't ignore it. Like it's so painful when someone ignores right. your pain or ignore your loss Wow. and say anything. Uh -huh. And if you don't know what to say, send a heart emoji, send a hug emoji. Right. Anything. It could be as simple as that. It's but just better something. than nothing. And then if you can remember to check on that person, even though maybe that person doesn't want to talk, doesn't want to go out, she wants to be at home, send a mm -hmm. text. How are you? Just checking on you. Send. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, just send an emoji. That would be enough. You know that someone's thinking about you. 
So is there anything not helpful that like somebody could say or do? The worst thing, (laughs) seriously, like the worst thing that (laughs) someone can tell you, it's like, be strong. It's, I mean, I know Uh, from personal experience because I, I literally lashed on someone at synagogue at my mom's one month prayer because this guy Mm. a very good friend of ours he knew my mom well and he was telling me repeatedly you have to be strong you have to be strong you have no other choice now you have to be strong and after like the sixth time I'm like why do I need to be strong why can I let myself go a little bit and be sad and cry and and why can I cry in front of my kids I mean that would be good for them to see me crying and see that I have emotion and I'm, you know, giving myself permission to feel this emotion and be sad. It will make them compassionate. Why do I need to be strong for my kids? No, I need to be, I need to be a human being. I need to have empathy. I need to have compassion for myself and for others. So I totally like that on that guy. Right. And you can't be strong for anybody else unless you're strong for yourself. And being strong doesn't mean not feeling your emotion. I mean, being strong doesn't mean you have to be cold hearted and don't feel anything and just be on automatic pilot and continue with your life. No, being strong is recognizing that you're suffering, recognizing that you need help recognizing that you might need some time off mm-hmm. today, that you won't be able to do this and that on your to-do list. This is being strong. Yeah. That's being so strong. Exactly. And I love talking like, about that too. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And okay. So that's my trigger. Yes. Like, if you want to trigger me, like bring my grief, just <laughs> be strong. That's or what you turn do. The page. I don't know which one is worst, but, Oh, gosh, yeah. that seems okay, awful. I think it's time to turn the page. I mean, I yeah, you'll absolutely. be able to turn the page soon. You're not turning the page. You might, you know, it's a new <laughs> right. chapter. That, right, right. No but such you're thing. not turning the page. Right. Right, and it shouldn't be an arbitrary, oh, it's just time to turn the page. It's when you're ready to, you know, have a different phase of the grieving process exactly. that will just happen naturally, not because so it's forced. So two sentences... I mean, they drive me crazy. And so not those are say, things like, to not say. Don't say this. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. So what else? I mean, you're such a wealth of knowledge. We're going to have to do a live on this as well. I or love part that. two. But what else did we not get to? I mean, are there any other like thoughts that you want to share? I mean, I mean what I want to share right or now. Or messages that you want to really, leave the viewer. I want to mm-hmm. insist on check on someone a little help can go a long way like you don't know what the other person Mm -hmm. is going through right now so it doesn't cost you anything to like send a message and be present and sometimes just being present without Mm -hmm. talking without doing anything is already very helpful so don't ignore the other Mm -hmm. person's loss or pain don't pressure the Mm -hmm. other person to turn the page or to move on And by the way, move on doesn't Mm -hmm. exist in grief. You don't move on. You move forward. And you move forward with baby steps because you cannot move forward immediately. So that's something really to be mindful about. Don't, Mm. you know, put pressure on the person. The person is probably putting already so much pressure on herself, you know, to like Mm, feel better and get out of bed and 
every day's you know activities so don't put don't put much much pressure on that person so Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely those are all really good points um and and yeah do you want to just say again like the name of your platform obviously i'm gonna write this all down and the captions and everything but just so that you so know, the everyone can come and find Neshama you. Journey. So Neshama is N-E-S-H-A-M-A, Journey. And for now, it's just an Instagram page. But I really want to create a Facebook group also. Really, this online grief group inspired me oh, so much. that would much. be awesome. I think people need a That know, would be so great. To, to share their pain. And it's so painful because you can be, you know, feeling very down. And the next minute, you're writing like, help this is what i'm feeling right now today's my mother's six month i am having such a weird day mm-hmm. and then you have all those people like oh my god my mother's six month is coming next week i'm so worried or and wow you know it's instant gratification but not the kind of gratification you're getting on social media this is like deep 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 compassion and empathy and this is something you need, like, really to nourish your soul, not to nourish your ego. Wow. I love that. I feel like a lot of people from this episode are going to be I reaching so. out to you, too. I, I'm looking into yeah. helping as much people with, for now, my short experience. But as I say, I'm going to live with this. And I hope to help many people along this journey. Mm-hmm. Well, you're so inspiring. Thank you, honestly. Emma. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and thank your you message. Thank you for having yes. me. And I'm so glad um, you were able to connect on Instagram. Course. So sometimes those connections on social media are me so too. important. And yeah. we live very close. I'll so meet you we very soon. Too. As as we're out in the street. Absolutely. I know. I'm so excited. Instagram, you're, you're right about Instagram. It's just such a great place to, you know, meet people and have connections and form them. So I'm just, I'm very happy that you reached out and thank you so much again for sharing your wealth of knowledge. It yeah. won't be the last time I'll we hear from soon. you. And if not in real life. I'll yes, we'll absolutely. Very soon. Thank you, Emma, for having me. Absolutely. Thank, thank you, for you giving so me much, Patricia. To voice this, especially in this very unique time where the world is grieving and even people that didn't lose a relative they kind of lose a way of life because i don't know if we're going back absolutely everyone's going back exactly Mm -hmm. to how it was before and some people lost their jobs some people lost other important things you know financial comfort and yeah people are mourning right now you're right that's why these, you know, everything you're talking about applies to everybody right now to some degree because we're all mourning the loss of like what was before the pandemic and and all of that. So I'm clearly, sure. me, me and you can yes. go on and on. So we're gonna have to do a live now. <laughs> so anybody that has questions for Patricia, you know, and follow ups to this, let me know so that when her and I do a live um, or a part two of this, that we can address, yeah, you that. know, your questions. Thank you, Emma. Awesome. All right, Patricia, we'll let you go. I know you got the kids waiting. (laughs) All right. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much again.